No games. No justice. 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 No games. Inane kapuana, inane kapuana, hey ula, ula ula, ula hey pie pie. Kuana 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 kuana. Kuana 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 kuana. Hello and welcome to Accent of Women a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. The British Empire is again celebrating its worldwide colonial conquests in the form of the Commonwealth Games, currently underway on the Gold Coast in Queensland. Indigenous activists and their supporters are conducting a protest campaign against the Commonwealth Games under the title of the Stolen Wealth Games. They're demanding land rights and recognition that Aboriginal sovereignty was never ceded. Community Radio 3CR and its partners in other states have been broadcasting live from the protest camp. On today's program, we'll play some of this audio, but we'll also speak in some detail with activist Ruby Wharton, who's one of the organisers of the protest series. To kick off the show, Michelle Blakovich from 4ZZZ interviews Annie Woodcock, the director of Yolbaru. This interview takes place at the Tent Embassy, so you're going to hear quite a bit of wind in the background. I'm Michelle Vlatkovic. I'm a Kamilaroi woman on my mother's side, my father's Croatian. I'm one of the broadcasters with 4ZZZ, part of the Indigenous team of broadcasters at the station. And I've come down to cover what's happening at the Stolenworth Games protests over the next nine days. Hello, I'm Annie Woodcock. Um, I'm a director of Yolbaru, a not-for-profit Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander organisation on the coast here. Um, we offered our time with Uncle to help him down here for the protesting um, and we're doing volunteer work in the kitchen and whatever else they need. Um, Black, uh, Black and Deadly is a program that we run and it's been going for nine years so it's very important for our children to also give back to community by volunteering and that's what we're doing here today. Um, we found it most uh, important for um, uh, us to be here to support the protesting because we would not be in the beautiful jobs that we have today without our people protesting. Mm. So, um, And I've spent like three hours here this afternoon and got to know some really lovely women. And I've just watched the work that Anna and her young young girls that are with her are doing. And she's got school, they're they're trainees and they're doing certificate ones in business. Um, And these young women have done all the preparation for the food tonight over there they've made us apricot chicken and what's the other thing we've got veggie stew johnny cakes and mashed potato tonight for dinner so yeah it's taken us um the process for the consultation for this to be on the grounds here took 18 months of negotiating to be here this is a place that nobody's allowed to camp on anybody Um, for us to do this we had a lot of hurdles to overcome for the preparation for this, this take took about four weeks to set up and to save enough money to get some food in here. And um, yeah, so it's been a big experience. Um, not something that I thought we would be doing, and um, I think it's 
for the girls and the boys in our program to actually experience this. So tomorrow we won't be here, we'll be doing a fundraising over in Southport for the Black and Deadly program. Uh, Black and Deadly is uh, something that started in 2008 and it was um, started with seven girls. It was only funding from government for girls and it was about um, you know outcomes. So for us the program's about identity and connection. We all come from different parts of this country uh, but we live on the Gold Coast and so there's a lot of disconnection for us in our youth. So it was really important for us to find a way to connect them, to give them a, a sense of uh, community and to have that support system that we we rely very heavily on um, in so many ways. So it was um, a dream of Auntie Pat Levy, our president of Yalbaru. She's also our community elder here. She works tirelessly and we do that, you know, because we know to get anywhere we have to work hard and we've got to continue to be there. So we do work with government and uh, local um, governments here on the Gold Coast as well as businesses, all service providers, whatever we think that our children need, our teenagers especially, we'll bring those people in so we'll, we'll bring in the Defence Force, um, you know, health, uh, Queensland Health, so depending on what the issues are but it's about having a nice forum once a month, we do about 13 a year of meetings and we bring all those people together for our children to get to know, so yeah, it's been a pretty big journey and we've only just got started so yeah nine years yeah so every year we uh, go up for funding against about 150 other programs in Australia because it's all federal with the Prime Minister and Cabinet being terribly supportive they have said over time that we've been one of the most successful programs ever to be run um, and we just want to make it better so um, our funding only covers 80 a year we do 200 children so we're really good budgeters. We actually we actually budget it like we do our own home. So cutting costs other places. Um, our funding only addresses one full-time employee, and we've got eight. So we've been, you know, yeah. So we cut corners a lot, you know, yeah. to to be able to employ. Because I want to employ these young people and show how brilliant they are and how passionate they are about community and making a difference. And on community radio stations right across Australia, you're listening to Accent of Women. Today we're looking at the protest camp, Camp Freedom, in opposition to the Stolen Wealth Games, currently underway on the Gold Coast in Queensland. On the 4th of April, protesters blocked the Queen's baton relay. Protesters asked for Prince Charles to talk to them when he arrived that day. Three activists were arrested, including our next speaker, Ruby Wharton. Ruby is also an activist with the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and one of the organisers of the Tent Embassy and the Stolen Wealth Games demonstrations. No games! No justice! No games! No justice! Hi, my name is Ruby Wharton. I'm a Gamadoi Kuma Yina and I'm also a member of um, Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance and the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Embassy. So you've been one of the main organisers for the opposition to what the Commonwealth Games, the opposition which is called the Stolen Wealth Games, drawing attention to um, the genocide of Aboriginal people by the Commonwealth that these games supposedly represent. Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, it's, been, it's been a hectic couple of weeks, not just within the games but in the lead-up too. And um, it's, 
yeah, it's actually amazing to be on site and seeing it all coming together so well. So tell me, what are some of the issues that you're wanting to raise in these demonstrations before an international audience? Well, for me, that is, um, you know, just drawing attention to colonial history and the power that it has to destroy cultures and people. And, um, you know, that power has been seen in many different forms across the world and across, um, you know, time. And um, here in Australia, we... We saw colonial history start in 1788 and that um, it started off with the frontier wars with Pemaway leading the Aurora Nation into battle and um, and up here in Queensland for us, it's um, Dundalee who is the warrior who was executed at the front of um, Post Office Square in Brisbane City for leading the, um, leading the frontier wars in the Queensland part. And then there's Yagan, Jandamayan, you know, Trigonini, we have so many old people who carried out this fight and, um, you know, it's important to draw attention to their experiences. Um, yes, they're not alive today. However, you know, um, oppression has a way of... It's a chameleon, if you will. It changes its skin um, to blend into its environment. And, um, we're like, uh, just recently what's come out is, um, well, in recent times, the issues that we're dealing with is you know, into being institutionalised, whether that be in a prison system, in um, white education, it's in mental health, it's in normal health. It's literally, it's right across the board and um, it's time to draw attention to how that affects us in, this, in the modern society. And uh, we saw um, some police intervention in the demonstrations that you've been organising. It's interesting you mentioned the issue of institutionalisation, particularly in the criminal justice system. And one of the people that got arrested alongside you during the Queen's Baton rally was uh, was Dylan Voller. And of course, he was made famous um, recently um, because of the footage of him in juvenile detention in the Northern Territory. So these are the comrades, these are the people that you're standing beside in this particular um, demonstration. T- tell me about the police intervention in the demonstrations so far. So the police have been, you know, really intimidating um, and they've been out for blood, they're out for arrest and, um, you know, that's what um, Goldock and the Commonwealth um, uh, Games Committee has, you know, brought these people, brought these officers in for, in for high, um, I don't want to say violent, but aggressive um, militant behaviours. Of security. I mean, we're only a protesting group of 150 to 250 people, and um, we're going. And most of us are kids. Like most of the people within this camp are actually under the age of 15. And um, for them to experience that kind of thing on the front line, and for them to be so brave, is simply and like it is the epitome of strength. It's um, like, you know, there is a heavy, heavy police presence and unfortunately these police officers want to make arrests. They want to, you know, I guess they whitewash the games and, you know, make it out to be a perfect little event with no conflict or anything. But, you know, even... Um, yeah, it's just been really hectic with the police presence and we're actually about um, around a 
we um, we actually have a few police officers sitting out the out the front of the gate as we speak um, with um, threats to walk in and search the camp and sniff the dogs. And um, you know, like I just said before, most of the people here are under the age of 15. This is a family friendly environment. We all brought our families here. We all, you know, we have old people here, and we're just here to have fun and enjoy the games like they are with expressing our freedom and, you know, utilising it. So tell me, what does it look like? Have you set up a, a tent embassy, a protest camp? What, what are we looking at? So uh, I guess um, the tent embassy is the kind of um, Aboriginal labour protest camp. And, um, you know, we do have ash, like in the sacred fire that we have up here in the protest camp, it is, um, there are ashes from down from the tent embassy. They came up with Winniata, one of the very well-known cooks. I don't know if you've, if you've ever been to the embassy, but if you have, you would have met him at one page. One page. And, um, like, the, what we got going on right now is uh, we got our kitchen pumping. Um, we're just actually trying to get ready for a young girl's birthday party. We got tents, like, we got tents decorating this whole area and, you know, toilets, and we got a few caravans here, and it's really such a great environment despite the police presence. And um, we're, we had a bit of a disco party last night, and the night before that was um, we had a, so many performers come in. and So we got our own little stage and PA system, sacred fire, um, kitchen, media tent, um, yarn and tents and marquees just decorated everywhere, and, you know, it's just a bloody great environment. Everyone should try to get up. We'll we'll uh, we'll advertise the details later, so anybody who wants to go up to join the protest can do that. But tell me, what has the response been from the broader population? Whether it's people that are attending the games or people that are walking past the tent embassy and engaging with the politics you're trying to get out there. Um, I can't say we've had much um, physical engagement yet with from the wider community, but um, at any event that we've been to, at any action that we've done, um, we've actually gotten a lot of support of, like, you know, honks of support and people coming in. We have had people come into the camp and just ask what we're doing here, what we stand for. We've even gone out and gone flyering, taking kids and stuff to go flyering and, you know, they get a fun time at town zone at the same time and um, I guess what we got going on at the camp is really great, proper Aboriginal law discussions and, um, you know, really strong, staunch grassroots leaders are leading these discussions and um, we're putting things on an agenda that have never been never been on the agenda before. So that's just... It's, this whole camp is really just a reflection of how far we've come since 1982 Commonwealth Games in Brisbane and since 2006 Commonwealth Games in Brisbane I mean in Nam, I mean and um, you know it's really just such a great space down here and the engagement from the community yeah we've seen a lot of trolls but having said that we've seen so much more support than what we have negative um, information negative comments and I really just can't get over how amazing this place is
Well, it makes sense that you would be getting a lot of support because earlier in the year, on the 26th of January, we saw some of the biggest um, demonstrations across the country um, in recognition of Invasion Day and supporting the broader campaign around Change the Date. Um, Has Change the Date been a feature of your demonstration? Have you noticed a bit more support this year than in previous uh, we have had many white allies come stand with us and um, our kitchen is actually operated by very, very, very great allies from Nam that have driven all the way up to be here. And, um, you know, uh, I guess I can't really say that more support's come out because of Change the Day. I really wouldn't be able to say that um, and I don't think that's the case because, um, you know, there's... These people that we're seeing here, they've always been here. And these are very like-minded people. Like, um, Change the Day, it, it's a great campaign. It's not really a part of what we're trying to achieve here. Because I guess it is at the backdrop of things because if, like, what we're really pushing for is decolonisation. We're pushing for treaties. We're pushing for so many other different um, concepts and, like, land rights. Um, well, actually, know, it sounds... It sounds like what you're saying is that against all the things you're fighting for, change the date is really inadequate. It doesn't go far enough and it's a well, little bit... It's not, not so much inadequate. It's more so um, that it, it comes naturally with those things. It's natural progression. So, it's, you know, we don't really necessarily need a massive focus around change the date. And um, I guess, the, I suppose you could say the so-called theme of 2018's Invasion Day was change the date because it was just something that so many people could get along with. But at the core of Invasion Day, it's not about changing the date. It's about breaking those colonial ties. It's about, you know, reparations. It's about justice for the for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders alike. And, um, you know, change the date, it comes naturally with this progressive change. So I guess it's, for us, for us Aboriginal people, it's not something that we lead with. But for allies, it's something they can definitely relate to, definitely jump on board with. And, um, you know, we, we really do like the fact that they're here because of that change of date, if they are here because of that. And, um, yeah, you know, it's just great to see so many faces of colour and different walks of life to be in here and support and stand with us at the end of the day. Let's talk about some of the issues facing Aboriginal people under colonialism, you know, because you talk about um, a lot of the overall objective of the um, demonstration and the broader Aboriginal movement is decolonisation and breaking those colonial ties. And I guess sometimes when we use the word colonial over and over and over, we forget how much violence and brutality is inherent in the colonial process, the same kind exactly. of violence. No, no, exactly. You smacked it right on the head there. And, you know, um, that colonial violence, it wasn't just directed at people of colour. It was this colonial violence affected people in a classist way. So, um, like, I mean, you just have to reflect on the invasion of this nation and think about it this way. They put chains on their own people and put them on ships to a foreign land. To And in that land, those people who were in chains were able to break those chains and they put them on us. And they've kept them on us for the past 228 years. And that 
you know, it's a dark history. It's a very dark history. And um, one thing we've, we are advocating for is a truth commission. Um, so this is a truth commission into that colonial history and the settlement of this nation. It's into the um, institutions, whether it be with um, docs or CDP, whether it be within prisons, whether it be in prisons or whether it be, um, you know, within the education system, land rights, like what we're seeing with Adani at the moment. We just had a, um, a bus of allies leave to go and um, go up for the Adani protest action that's happening this um, tomorrow and today. And um, we all have some... We are all victims of colonial history in some way or another, and I guess the way that more people will understand it is if they can relate to it and, and educate themselves and become aware of that. So how long is the... Uh, how much longer is the Commonwealth or Stolen Wealth Games on for, and how long is the 10th Embassy going to be there? Uh, we got another six days. So um, we finish up here on the 14th or 15th, I believe, or maybe it's even the 16th. But, um, you know, uh, we're kind of hoping to, you know, keep this presence here at Doug Jennings Park and um, on the Gold Coast. And, you know, this place isn't just for us protesting. It's for the traditional owners. It's for the people who come from this land and... um, where the protest camp actually is is on a prime land where that's been sought after for development for many, many years. There's actually a campaign called Save the Spit that's been going around for the past 10-odd years. And, um, you know, at the forefront of it all, we want Aboriginal people to be deciding what happens on Aboriginal land. And, um, you know, we want to occupy it and we eventually want the traditional owners to be able to occupy and use this land in a way that their ancestors intended or whatever way that they intend to do. And so after the end of the Stolen Wealth Games, what's next for the movement? What does it look like to keep fighting? And I guess what does decolonisation actually mean and look look like as a political demand? I reckon, you know, in the, I really don't know where the future could go. And I say that in the most positive way possible because, you know, this from what's happened over the past two days, um, we actually have a meeting with Mr. Peter Beattie, Jackie Trad, and, um, and the Honourable Kate Jones, who's the Minister for the Commonwealth Games, next Thursday or on Thursday, not the day after tomorrow, which is amazing. So much we've seen, so many different comments on, you know, what will protesting get you? It will get you nowhere. And, you know, to them I say, here's the progress. Here's what being out in the street does. And look at us succeed. Watch this space over the next 10 years. We're going to be... I really hope that Queensland Parliament takes a note out of Victoria's um, book and heads up a treaty campaign. I would love to see some of those parties and advocating for that and advocating for land rights and, you know, clan-based um, consultations uh, for all Crown lands to be handed back to Aboriginal people. Like, I don't know, there are so many different things and I can't speak for everybody but because um, everyone's progress and success looks differently in a political terms and, um, you know, we all have ideas and 
and different understandings of certain concepts. So it naturally will look differently, but all I can say is that it's going to be positive. And if my gram, all I've thought over the past few days is if my grandmother could be here to see what we've done in a time frame of five five days is simply unreal and it's things that they've never ever seen or thought of in their life and you know just I'm standing here with a lot of aunts and uncles who stood here in 82 and back then they were just simply thrown into the paddy wagon and locked up and the only fundraising that the Brisbane Blacks did was to create a bail fund we've actually managed to um, you know have meetings with ministers like effect change. We stopped Prince Charles or we delayed his travels and itinerary. We messed that up. And we stopped the Queen's Baton Relay, which has been done for the first time in colonial history. I mean this what is happening is the epitome of success and it can only get greater and certainly up from here. Well, if there are listeners in other parts of the country that really do want to support you um, and want to get along, how would they do that? And if they can't get there, what's another way they can support you? So basically, if you guys, um, if you guys we're at the main beach, um, the spit at Doug Jennings Park, so which is on the beach cruise, if you guys um, are more than willing to come up, you're more than welcome to. We have tents. We have food, we have toilets, we have showers, we have it all in great company as well. But if you can't get here, we'd love to see some online support and seeing so many um, people use the hashtag Stolen Love Games and um, give love to the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance Facebook page and the Brisbane Aboriginal Sovereign Empathy page as well. Um, uh, donations uh, are, if you guys are willing to make donations, they're more. Than, they're not necessary, but they're more than welcome. And um, those details for donations can be found on those two Facebook pages. Well, Ruby, thank you so much for your time. It sounds like you're doing an extraordinary job of protesting the Stolen Wealth Games and building a broader Aboriginal movement for decolonisation. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for reaching out. We truly appreciate it. And we honestly love 3CR, um, like, so, so much. That was Ruby Wharton from the Warriors of the Aboriginal Resistance. And earlier in the program, we heard from Michelle Blackovic and Annie Woodcock. And that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. If you want to hear this show again, or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I look forward to your company again next week. Ula ula, ula hey, 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 hey. Go.